Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, everybody, this is Philip Stutz, author of The Undefeated Marketing System, How to Grow Your Business and Build Your Audience Using the Secret Formula that Elects Presidents. And if you want to level up your relationships, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good pal, Travis Chappell. If you're tired of the old way of networking, the business cards, the awkward conversations, and the aggressive pitches, but you know how crucial your network is to your success in life, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Build Your Network, the only top-rated show committed to helping you master content networking, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Build Your Network. Today, I'm sitting down with best-selling author, Philip Stutz. Philip comes from the cutthroat world of political and corporate marketing and has been described as a marketing maverick reshaping business success using the secret formula that gets presidents elected, contributing to over 1,400 election victories, including three U.S. presidential victories and working with multiple Fortune 200 companies. Philip plays the game of political and corporate marketing on the highest level, battling it out with fierce competition, multi-billion dollar budgets, and a win-or-die mentality. He's the founder and CEO of Win Big Media, a corporate marketing agency, and founder and executive chairman of Go Big Media, which is a political marketing ad firm. Uh, Philip has had uh, made more than 350 national media appearances, including ESPN, CBS, Fox Business, Fox News, MSNBC, and CNN, and has been interviewed by renowned business entertainment and health leaders, including Anderson Cooper, 
Gary Vaynerchuk, Peter Diamandis, James Altucher, Michael Hyatt, Adam Carolla, Dr. Drew, and Dr. Stephen Gundry. So look, guys, when it comes to marketing, I don't know many people that are at the caliber, at the level that Philip Stutz is, and I'm stoked to bring him on the show now for the second time and talk a little bit about his book that's coming out. And I can't wait to jump into this conversation. But first, really, really quickly, if you have a podcast or you like to be a guest on podcasts, then you're going to want to head over to guestio.com and check out the new software that my team and I launched recently that helps connect high-level podcast guests or content guests with high-level content hosts. So guestio.com, that's guestio.com. Be sure to head over there and check out some of the amazing people that we have to connect It's a with. great yeah. product. It is I a appreciate great that, product. Philip. Yeah, I appreciate I agree. that. Yeah. And Philip would know, and this is probably a good thing to just start off the conversation talking about, bro, because... You guys did an epic, like 50 page data report for the tra- like analyzing traffic for Guestio. And we are in the middle of building out one of our first marketing campaigns now that we closed our pre-seed nice. round. And uh, that, that data is you know, hugely, hugely helpful um, in building out this campaign. So talk to us a little bit about your data-driven marketing strategies. Well, first of all, super grateful to be back on. I love what you put out in the world. I told you this in the past. I'll tell you again. There are a lot of podcasts out there that say one thing, do another. Travis is a real deal. Behind the scenes, you get what you see is what you get on on the on the microphone and behind the scenes. And uh, pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. You're a good dude. And this is going to be super exciting for me. So thank you. Of course. I'm happy to, man. Anytime you want to come on, just let me know. Oh, okay. Let's do it tomorrow again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We'll just just start a show (laughs) together. Um, Look, uh, you know, we, you know, yeah, thank you for the, for the props on the, um, on the work we did. You know, we've worked with over 300 businesses now from Fortune 200 companies to startups to small businesses. And, you know, it's probably the theme of the book. So the, you know, the name of the book is the undefeated marketing system, how to grow your business and build your audience using the secret formula that elects presidents. Right. And so I walk through this five-step formula that we've utilized for all the clients we've had and everybody that's followed the formula, not everybody follows it. Some people, you know, like get impatient or, I call them the interested versus the committed. The committed follow the five steps and they all grow. And the interested are like the shiny object entrepreneurs that go, oh, that is really interesting what you do. And then they get interested in something else the next day. So I'm not talking about those and I don't work with those anymore. Uh, We really work with committed businesses. And when they follow this five-step formula that that I've sort of undercovered through all the work we've done in political and presidential campaign marketing, we know that it gives business owners a pretty much an, uh, there's no competition. They get a complete advantage if they utilize the, these five steps and work uh, towards their marketing campaign. Again, every company we worked with has grown. How do we do that? It all starts with number one, how do you understand your customer better? What does uh, c- the customer data say? This is what uh, Travis can probably give you guys. Uh, a full understanding of how he looked at it and what we did for him. But let me give it to you and how it works on political campaigns. I think it's more fun to look at that. And then we'll translate that over to business. Does that work? Yeah, please. Awesome. So like with a political campaign, I typically have a politician that reaches out. Let's just say they want to run for the United States Senate. And they say, Philip, come talk to me. I, I want to run for, for the U.S. Senate in Texas, right? And so I'll sit down with that candidate. And I, first thing I say is, what do you want to run on? What are the issues you really care about? And inevitably that 
egotistical politician says, I have 25 things I want to talk about to the public. And you go, all right, all right, all right. No, no one wants to hear your 25 things. Like we really got to narrow this down. But what I want to do is where I find, a, I want to find alignment between what you care about and the voter. And so this is a very elementary way that we do this. We do, I'm um, explain it. We do it much more sophisticated on, uh, I can't describe to you the level of sophistication we utilize, but we go out and we do a survey in the field of voters and we figure out what do the voter, what issues amongst those 25 issues, we're going to go test all 25 issues and figure out what issue rises to the top for them. What issue is so, they're so passionate about that they will vote for that candidate regardless of party, regardless of anything else. We know that if we run a marketing campaign for that candidate on these one or two issues, that that's going to put us over the top. And so what we do is we find an alignment between what the voter cares about and what the politician already cares about. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so for us, that's the first step. The second step for us is then we build out a strategic marketing plan for that politician. I don't want to build a plan until I know where they have alignment with the voter, right? And if you're a business owner out there right now, just you know, translate that into customer, right? Yeah. And then I'm going to go rebuild in the customer sense. I'll rebuild or with a politician, I'll build their brand. And the reason the brand is the third step in what we do is because uh, you don't want to run ads and send people to your website, to your brand, unless it speaks to them. If you have a brand that do, is not in alignment with what the customer or let's say the voter in this instance uh, cares about, then they're going to leave. I think, mm. uh, and I have this in the book. I, I keep forgetting the, the source, but it's in my book, but it's, I think it's CompuWare or something. It's 88% of consumers say they have one bad experience on your website. They'll never come back. And it makes sense if you've gone to an e-commerce site and you're like, oh man, I want to buy this. And you go to it, it's all clunky. And you're like, okay, I'm not buying this. And you swipe out and you never go back. That is what you're up against. So your brand better speak to the customer or the voter in this case, right? This fourth step for us is now we know what the data says, now that we have a plan of alignment, now that we've built the brand, we're going to go test those two messages many different ways, 20 different ways. Like it's not, you know, I always hear from marketing agencies, hey, we test, we test, we test. Well, yeah, you're testing things that the customer may not want, right? My mm -hmm. thing is I'm testing on the top two issues. So I'm going to test variations of those messages, 20 different ways. I am not here to talk right versus left or Trump versus Biden or what all that stuff is. But I'll tell you in 2016, the Trump campaign ran, would run one, they did this a thousand different times, but they ran, they run one ad on Facebook, 162 ways, one message, one ad, 162 ways. Why? Because what they found out was they would run an ad with a green background, a red background, a woman in the ad, a man in the ad, uh, different font sizes. They would make the graphics in the right corner, in the left corner. They did it 162 ways. And what they would inevitably find is that eight or nine of those ads blew through the roof organically or with very little money behind them. They didn't know why. They just knew what we knew from the data that those the issue or the message was going to work. They just didn't know how effective to do the message. And so that's what they did. They went out, tested 162 ways, found eight ways that the ad blew through the roof. And now they're ready to do the fifth step, which is launch the marketing campaign or launch that, you know, that ad. And you don't do that until you've tested everything and you've backed everything up by data. I think that's the whole foundation of what you're trying to do. When you're talking about a business, it's the same thing, Travis. You're trying to figure out, right, what, what does my customer think? This isn't, look, 
marketing is manipulation, but I want to do it for empathy and for good. I, there's too much bad and nefarious players in the marketplace. I want a business owner to say, I care about my customer. I need to know what they care about, not just what I want to tell people about my product or service. That's the whole key to this whole thing. Like as a business owner, you're a business owner. I'm a business owner. I love telling everybody how great my business is. I'm proud of what I built, but that may not be what the customer cares about or the client cares about. So you've got to figure out a way to find that alignment. Now, in the way that we look at the data, which is more specific to probably this conversation, that's step one. We built a a partnership with the largest data collection analytics and AI company in America. And the projects that we do for our clients and did for you was we have a database of 200 million plus Americans, 550 million plus connected devices. We are tracking 10 billion with a B, 10 billion online purchasing decisions every day and a trillion searches. And what we do is we overlay your customer base or a lookalike, or we put a pixel on your website and we track, we grab their IP address and we track those movements of those people for the next 30 days, but we can also go 90 days in the past, 100 days since the past. And then we get this massive profile where we can tell the business owner the top values in life of their customers or clients. We can tell them the social media platforms they're on in a chronological order. We can tell them what shows they watch, what books they read, what magazines they read, how they consume media, the apps they consume, tell them everything about their customer. So before they go out and spend a bunch of money on ads, they know exactly what the customer cares about and they can tailor their approach that way. We've just yeah. always done this in politics and I'm just translating these principles over to business. The key is there are no other business marketers doing this right now. None, 0.0 other than me. Yeah. And so I'm like screaming from the hilltops, like guys, you got to do this smarter because ultimately, I don't know if you ever read the book by Jonah Berger called Contagious. Uh, mm -hmm. He's from the Wharton School of Business. He said, we are seeing up to 10,000 ads a day offline and online, up to 10,000 ads a day online and offline. Wow. It's insane. So if you're a business owner or marketer out there, you got to break through 10,000 ads a day. You're not just competing. If you're selling bikes, you're not just competing with other bike makers. You're competing with food companies. You're competing with shoe companies. You're competing with everybody yeah. for attention. And you got to break through the clutter. And unless you understand your customer, you'll never break through that clutter. And that's why everybody struggles so much with digital marketing now or any kind of marketing is because they don't understand what they're up against. And it's a science. And yeah. then I just figure out a formulaic system that I know works. And then I just wanted to put that out in the world. Yeah, that's what I tell people. There's just a couple of people that I follow in terms of like blog posts and, um, and newsletters that I actually pay attention to. And yours is one of them. And it's Thanks, for man. this specific reason, because, because of how data-driven all of your decisions are. And when you look at the, the things that have the largest ad budgets, like a presidential campaign, and like it, to me, it just makes good sense that as a business owner, that you would want to replicate as much of that process that they use as you can in your business, which is why, which is why I, I had you guys go ahead and pull out that data, that, that data report on all of our software site visitors mm -hmm. because I value that information and it's information that helps me do my job better um, as a business owner. And a couple of decisions that I had made, even just about features in the software, I made because of that data report that you guys built for us. You know, like one of the things was, I forget the exact percentage, but there was a, a much higher than normal percentage of mobile users with people that visited our site. 
Right. And I was like, well, I've been going back and forth on, do we need a mobile application in the next six months of the roadmap? Can we put that off till, you know, maybe next year after we have a certain influx of users and blah, blah, blah. But when I saw that data, I was just like, man, I got to just meet the customer where they're at and give them what they want, which if most of their usage is going to be on mobile, it's a much better user experience to have it on a mobile application than it's going to be on a mobile browser. So we went and ahead. It probably and will save you software. money in the long run to meet them where they're at immediately rather than going six months and realizing you lost business by not meeting them where they're at. That's the exactly. whole thing, right? Especially if you're going to spend money on marketing. Right. You know, like if, if you're going to spend money on market, like I always liken it to um, a bucket with holes in the bottom of it. You know what I mean? Like if you don't yeah. have a way to make sure customers stick around, it's like turning on the faucet, even though there's holes in the bottom of the bucket. As soon as you turn that faucet off, there goes the traffic. It's just going out the bottom of the bucket. You know That's what right. I mean? Like you got to repair the bucket first and then worry about turning on the traffic. If you're cool with it, I'll tell you two quick stories that, yeah, that illuminate this kind of things that you just talked about. One is a, a e-commerce B2C and one is a B2B business. But um, so the e-com or the B2C, uh, this is um, this woman is an Instagram influencer okay. and she built a huge presence and she built uh, an online store. Her whole influence was around hair care products. Okay? okay. That's what I love about the world today. Like you have a niche, you could build a million or half a million followers on hair care products. Like how yeah. cool is that? Right? Right. So she did. And she built... Not only did she build this huge Instagram following, she turned it into a very successful seven-figure business. So she came to us and she said, "I, you know." Then she started building out, doing stages and doing conferences. This is pre-pandemic, right? But she's like, um, "I want to build my second social media, you know, sort of platform. I've built everything on uh, on Instagram, but I want to go to Facebook next." And I said, "Why do you want to go to Facebook?" And she said, <laughs> she said because it's owned by Instagram and it feels like the natural next place to go. And I'm like, all right, well, why don't we do the same data report, right? We did for you. I said, let's do, we call it a consumer insights report. Let's do the con- our customer insights report. So let's go do the customer insights report and let's make sure that that's the right investment. So we did the report for her and we came out and I looked at the data and my eyes about popped out of my head because Facebook was the number four performing platform amongst her customer base. Number four. She was about to dump hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars into trying to build a brand that was the number four performing social media platform for her customers. Yeah, yeah. And too many business owners do that. Number two was Instagram. So she had built this following over a five, eight year period. Uh, and it wasn't even the number one platform for her. Wow. The number one platform for her was Pinterest. And she went, well, my God, like, of course that makes sense, but does it mean, cause she has a mostly female uh, customer base, but unless you look at the data, you're not sure, right. you know, you don't know. And so by doing that again, we were able to pivot where she was going to take her business. And that fundamentally changed the, the literally the trajectory of her whole business. Right. The, the other one, this is even, this is the nuttiest, craziest story I tell. And I haven't told in a while. So, um, we, we work for a billion with a B, billion dollar title company. You know, when you go close on a house, you have to go do the closing at the title company's office, right? And this title company said, our customers are real estate agents, right? They're not the people buying the homes, the real estate agents. Real estate agents say, oh, let's, you know, like, you know, Travis, you say, hey, I want to buy a house. Great. Real, your real estate agent says, oh, we're going to use this title company. You don't even think twice about it. Like, yeah, right. sure. We'll just go close this. You're not like thinking I need to shop around for title companies. No yeah. one does, right? So they know their customer is the real estate agent. And so we, they came to us and they gave us the, their entire 
database of real estate agents, right? Thousands upon thousands upon thousands. We overlaid that. We tracked what they did, their movements, their purchasing behaviors, all of that online. And after a month, we came back with the same report we did for you. And we determined a lot of different things. But one of the things we found in the data blew my mind. 72% of real estate agents in the markets they were in owned dogs because we're following their purchasing behaviors. They're buying dog food online, right? Yeah, yeah. And how in the world would you ever know something like that? Right. So for this company, we said, we're immediately going to be a brand. You know, We knew when we were building out step two, the strategic plan, that part of their brand had to be around dogs. They had dogs in the office. The owner had adopted a, a dog that's like served over in Afghanistan. And, you know, dogs were now allowed into the office. And we'd started running ads on the dogs, you know, like funny ads with the dogs and all that stuff. Why? Because, okay, real estate agents aren't looking for title companies with dogs. That's not the point. <laughs> real estate agents are going to say, all right, I'm going to use like two or three title companies. I'm always going to have them on the bank of thing, you know, of the, right, the, right. Of the title companies I'm going to choose. I got two or three. But what's the difference that makes the difference for those real estate agents? If they are going, I got two or three title companies to choose from, I, you know what? The one over there, they always love their dogs. They got the dogs on the website, the dogs in the ads. Ah, that makes me feel better. I'm going to go over there. That's what we're trying to find in the marketing. Yeah. We're not necessarily trying to say, we're the best title company, you need to hire us. You know, like, no, right. we're trying to build a human connection. We're trying to find in the data and the customer data or the client data, where can we find better connections with these people so that you can convert more sales? Yeah, increasing that know, like, and trust however you can. And, and sometimes that's a connection to a dog, which is an insane piece of data to run with, but sounds like it worked out pretty well. Yeah. Um, this episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash 
Travis. Just go to Indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. I got to ask you a little bit about this just because it's kind of a selfish question for me. So mm-hmm. bear with me if you're listening and you don't care. What were some of the things, and again, we're, we're not going to pick sides or get too political, yeah. but what were some of the things that you noticed in the 2020 elections uh, that maybe weren't mainstream that a lot of other people didn't report on or didn't mention. I was following a lot of the different articles and, you know, deep insights reports that you were putting out on yeah. different data that, that was kind of happening during the election cycle. And so I'm curious to hear, uh, hear your thoughts on, on the, outcome. Yeah, I mean, what ended up happening. some of those, I, you know, I, I wrote about the election as it was, it was going, as it was happening. Um, I actually predicted, and I had over a million and a half downloads of this article. I predicted that Trump would win when I missed, uh, I missed it by 42,918 votes total in three wow. states. Had I done that, I would have, I, I nailed the total vote. I nailed the popular vote winner. I, I predicted Biden would win the popular vote. I thought Trump would win the electoral college. He missed it by 42,918 votes. Had, think about this, had 21,500 Biden voters had gone into the booth and said, uh, you know what? I'm not voting for Biden. I'm voting for Trump. Trump would be president right now. Just 21,500 voters out of a hundred and I don't know, was it 160, 170 million votes? That's crazy. That's how close this came to. Right. And so I will tell you this. And let me just also say in the book, the book, and I'm going to answer your question, but I talk about this a lot in the book. So it's actually a really relevant question. Yeah, really really um, quickly too, Philip, can you just yeah. tell us, um, and every time we talk about a book here on the show, it's a habit for our listeners to go pick up a copy oh, while cool. they're listening. So can you give the name and then give them the specific URL that you want them to go to? to yeah, sure. It's the Undefeated Marketing System, How to Grow Your Business and Build Your Audience Using the Secret Formula That Elects Presidents. You can go to Amazon, you can go to iTunes, and you can go to my website, which is philipstutz.com and find out everything you need to know about me. And if you want to buy my other book, that's over there as well. Okay. So what I try to do in this book is I, I focused on three things. One is to try to help business owners understand that political marketing is the most innovative force in marketing today and where it came from. So this is a slight history of modern day history take and understanding of how marketing has evolved over the last 21 years. Uh, It would take us too long on this podcast for me to get into it, but it's super interesting. And the second thing is this whole book teaches this formula, but it only teaches this formula through stories. So if you like textbooks, this is not your book. Uh, It is not a textbook how-to book. It is a how-to book told through political war stories. So super interesting stories uh, from political campaigns, past and present, how George W. Bush won his election, behind the scenes, the things you never heard about, uh, how Barack Obama did it, how Trump did it, how Biden did it. So what did I find in the Biden playbook that people may not have talked about? Well, he followed this five-step formula for sure. And I talk about how we did it, but what, and I'll tell you, so I'll give you a brief uh, insight into that. Probably have not read it. You probably know the actions Biden took, but you don't know why he took these actions. And by the way, do I, I think mass voter fraud happened? No. Do I think the social media companies definitely influenced the election on the front end of the election? I do. I a hundred percent do. 
when they were banning stories and not letting stories get out, that influenced the election. But do I think massive voter fraud happened? I just don't. I don't until I see the evidence. I'm just not convinced of it. So how did Biden win legitimately? So my thing is this. The first thing his team did is they go, okay, we got to figure out what voters want. And it was very clear that the same thing that elected Donald Trump for president in 2016 was uh, was holding him back as well. I know he got more votes than any candidate in the history of American politics this past election cycle, except for Joe Biden, <laughs> which is a crazy thought, right? That is and he crazy, actually yeah. increased his vote share by like 15%, which is, uh, I'm talking about Trump, which yeah. never happens for yeah. someone that's running for re-election. You usually decrease because people get tired of you. But what we knew, and we knew this in the data and the Biden people knew this in the data, they knew that Trump and his response to the coronavirus was wearing thin, okay? And so they were just tired of the bluster. They wanted them to be more humble and help and, and like, you know, help them understand what was going on instead of telling us everything was going to be great and great and great and great and great all the time, right? And so the Biden people knew that. They also knew that they, they in, when you engage Trump one-on-one, he's going to beat you every time. That if you fight, try to fight him, He's going to knock your knees out. He's never going to quit. He's the most relentless person in the world to win the battle. And they knew that. And so what did they do? They hid Biden in a basement for the entire summer and through the fall. And they did it because they knew that if Trump was left on his own and no one punched back at him, he would wear even more thin with voters, that they would get even more tired of him. It was a very strategic decision, but it was based on what the data, the voter data told them. They said, don't engage with him, because if you don't engage with him, he's the only voice out there and is going to wear thin with the voters. And so that was their strategy. Yeah. And that's why when Biden disappeared forever and ever and people were like, this is insane. Well, no, they knew what they were doing. This was very strategic and very uh, deliberative. Yeah, and, and so kind of the same um, thing when they uh, were trying to dodge those uh, the, the the debates at the end too, right? Right, a hundred percent. Just looking um, now, for a you're talking to try to blame about it on so that they didn't have to be in the situation. Yes, right. But you're talking about you know again, Trump lost by a, a, a difference of twenty one thousand five hundred votes. Right. Trump's team knew exactly what they were doing, and they were following the data as well. The race was a freaking toss up, man. Yeah, I mean, people, yeah. people just don't understand how close that is. Now, I was a part of um, the 2000 election, uh, Bush v. Gore, where, and I was part of the the recount. So, you know, don't forget George W. Bush in 2000 beat Al Gore by 537 votes in the state of Florida, and that swung the entire election down. 537 oh votes out of 120 million cast wow. in the country, and it came down to Florida, where almost six million votes were cast in the state of Florida in 2000. And Bush won it by 537 votes. That was even crazier race, right? And so, and then, you know, Trump in 16 won by a total of 77,000 votes over three states. Had 36, 37,000 voters at the, at the, had, that were planning to vote for Trump switched to, uh, to Hillary Clinton in 2016. She would be president. So, I mean, we're talking coin tosses. And so when you come from a business that's coin tosses and billions of dollars and power and policy are all affected by that, from a marketer standpoint, that's all you think about is how do I out-innovate my, my competitors? Mm-hmm. Like I, I live in, I work in a live or die mentality. 
Because if I don't win more than I lose, I'm out of business in politics. Yeah. And so right. when we took that mindset and created the corporate marketing firm that works with businesses, the ones that adopt that mentality and follow our five steps, they grow every time. And the people that go, oh, yeah, that's interesting, not interested, they're the ones that end up coming back or they're the ones that never solve the problem to begin with. So how do, like if somebody's listening right now and they're like, uh, hey, I'm sold, how, how, yeah. do they, how do they take the next step with you or, or win big media? Well, one of the things we did was we had such an overwhelming response over the last year. We started putting out data reports. You've read them with our data partner about what was going on in the economy, um, you know, uh, I, I, you know, Mark Cuban reached out to me and started, uh, you know, emailing me all the time, asking me questions about our data. I've gone on, you know, hundreds of podcasts and, and national TV shows like Fox Business and Fox News to talk about it. And then we just said, and we were giving this all away for free, but what we really decided to do when the book came out was people are going to be interested in how do they utilize their customer data um, in a way that that they you know can understand what their customer wants so they can market to them more effectively. In the book, I give lots of ways you can do that. You do not have to work with me. Lots of other ways, ways that don't cost you money or anything like that. But we did decide to create a free um, sort of data assessment. So if you're a business owner and you're like, I want to figure out what my customer thinks about it, you go to philipstutz.com slash insights and you just fill out this like two minute form, like maybe less than two minutes, like 30 seconds. And uh, somebody from my team will uh, set up a call with you. Sometimes I'm on these calls. We just kind of give you an assessment of what we think you have and how you can utilize it. And then they can you know, utilize what we give them or if they want to work with us, they can, but that's just, that's just up to the business owner. But what we try to do is give them something that doesn't cost anything. We kind of, you know, it's this kind of give first mentality that we have at our company. That's what everybody kind of lives and breathes by. And uh, we wanted to make that offer to people that we didn't even work with. So that's, uh, that's available for them. So philipstutz.com slash insights. That's Philip with two L's and Stutz with two T's. And uh, so, so philipstutz.com slash insights. Make sure to go check that out and see how you are leaving money on the table. Really, I don't even know how to say it in yeah. any other way. Just leaving money on the table just because you don't understand your customer as well as you could understand your customer. I want to talk to you a little bit about relationship building and things like that before we take off here. Question I always ask people to get going in that direction, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Um, we probably talked about this last time you were on the show, but I want to bring it up again. Who you know or what you know? Which one do you view as being the more important asset in life? Which of those two and why? Oh, it's definitely who, and I've learned this. Uh, there's a great book out right now by Ben Hardy and, and Dan Sullivan called it Who, Not How. Mm. Great book. Okay. Too many times as business owners, I am so guilty of this. I go, mm, how do I solve that problem? Mm, how do I do this? Mm, and then I get to work and six months later, I'm still working through it. The answer is who? Who can help me do this? Who's done it before that I can learn from? And the second, every success in my life has come from a who, not a how. So definitely who. Yeah, love that answer, man. Love that answer. Um, let's go ahead and move into the final segment. Just a few quick random questions, quick random answers. You ready? I'm ready, buddy. What profession other than your own do you think that it would just be fun to attempt? Professional golf. Oh, man. And I would like to be on the show Meat Eater. 
uh, and go hunting with Steve Ranella and be a part of that team as well. Ah, uh, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. Love. I'm my, my daughter, who's eight, she and I get in bed every night, and instead of reading her a story, I just throw a, a meat eater show on, and we watch hunters or Steve Ranella shooting bears and ducks. And she thinks the coolest thing ever. And this is my daughter. I'm starting to do hunting. This is one of the great things out of COVID is I've re-engaged that I, I used to hunt a long time ago and I'm going hunting in Colorado. I'm going to do elk hunting this fall and I'm kind of getting into some big hunts over the next 10 years. So nice. I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with it right now. If you could sit on a park bench with someone past or present and talk to them for an hour, who would it be? Uh, I've always said my grandfather on my mother's side, I'm so curious about his life. Yeah, I don't think, I know this sounds weird. <laughs> I don't really think about the past too much. I don't think on that regard, but I think for him, I'd love to know my grandfather who I never met. How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, videos? Yes. <laughs> Got it. I'm, uh, Travis, I'm ADD. I like it all. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I like reading books, not audiobooks, and I love podcasts. Although I know I need to get more on Clubhouse, but I like podcasts more than I like Clubhouse. I do too. I do too. Anyway, that's, a, that's a whole other can of worms that we can talk about some Correct. other time. <laughs> wow. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. I would tell you that I had, uh, for years and years, I had this morning routine of getting up at four, working out, meditating, and then going to work. Um, and I told, maybe I even told you last time, uh, this is the greatest thing and I, you know, all this stuff. Um, I have learned that for me, morning routines just don't work. If I, more, what more works for me more is do I get enough sleep? And so if I have a bad night of sleep, I sleep in. If I get a good night of sleep, I get up early. When I'm, it's, I have a problem with rigidity and I, I have to learn to sort of undo that sometimes. And I don't yeah. need to be so rigid because it just seeps into every other part of my life and that's not healthy. So yeah. I actually don't have a routine at all. No, I love that. That's, that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons I asked that question, man. Cause like some yeah. people, like they want to be really regimented about everything, but and some people can handle it. I can't, that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. I get obsessed. I, I'm like, I'm like manically obsessed with things, right? You can yeah. tell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I do, yeah. but so I have to pick and choose where I'm going to do it. And I used to be that way in my routine and it just came, it was destructive. I was like not spending time with my little girl in the morning and all right. that stuff. And I just had to, had to pair that back. What is your go-to pump-up song? Probably something by like Justin Timberlake. I, I know it sounds weird, but I no like shame. Timberlake. No shame, no, I bro. I, 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 I got to say, I like him. Justin Timberlake's music quite a bit. So yeah. No, and then I, I'll tell you, there are two other bands that I would use as pump-up music, although it's not like modern, but I grew up in the South and I like Southern rock and roll. And there's a band that, kind of no longer exists called Jupiter Coyote that I love to death. You can look up their music. They're just good Southern rock. And another band called Driving and Crying. Now that is a hardcore, they're, not only are they hardcore rock, but they also play country music on top of hardcore rock. They're very diversified. They're a lot of fun to listen to as well. And they got a, got a guy that sings that sounds like Bob Dylan. So he's got a unique voice. What is something, putting business aside, just general life, something that you're not very good at? <laughs> being present. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Something I'm working on. What am I not good at? Man, these are good. I, I, uh, 
I mean, what am am I working on right now is better presence all the way around, which is like getting off my phone so much, not listening to as many podcasts, not having routines and kind of being in the moment. So I'm going to stick with that answer. As we get everything wrapped up here, Philip, what's one place online where you want our listeners to go to connect with you the most? philipstutz.com, P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S-T-U-T-T-S as in Sam, stutz.com. Perfect. Keeping it nice and easy for us. philipstutz.com. If you have not done it yet, please go over there right now and pick up a copy of Philip's book that just came out, The Undefeated Marketing System. I know that you will not regret that. Everybody listening right now needs to go pick up a copy of that book. Philip, thank you so much for taking it. Yeah, and if it's it's all right with you, Travis, uh, we as an extension of that book, because people are super interested, like, okay, I read the book, but I want to know more We've created an undefeated marketing podcast. I know everybody has one. Everybody in America has a podcast these days. So I appreciate (laughs) that. But if the concept is interesting for you, we just launched it. Uh, We're going to run episodes every two weeks. Uh, We're going to walk through each of the steps and get down to the details. This is a free way to learn how to do the steps without having to hire anybody to do it. So if you don't have a lot of money, this is a great extension of that. Perfect. So, uh, you know, whatever podcast app you're listening in right now, just pull it up and search for the Undefeated Marketing System Podcast or just search Philip Stutz and I'm sure it'll <laughs> pop up that way as well. Make it nice and easy for you. Uh, Philip, man, thanks so much for taking the time. I always, Honored to be always here. love uh, uh, wrapping on the mic with you for a little bit. Yeah, I uh, hope uh, I want to get to Vegas soon. So uh, we'll let's hang when I do. We'll do it. Thank you, brother. That's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Travis and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to travischapel.com slash group to join his free Facebook group, Podcast to Profit. Travis will see you there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.